It's very fitting that we were able to celebrate at the very beginning for Gareth and Carrie and the family, and for mother-in-law as well. We're glad you're here. How long will you be here? Okay, great. Glad you're here. But you know what I was thinking? As, as we were rejoicing and, and praising God for them, my heart was rejoicing and praising God for each one of you because God not only brought them, God brought you here. And not only has God gifted them with specific gifts and roles, God has also gifted each of us in this room with precious gifts from him and roles that he wants us to implement in this body. And there is just this sense of what does that mean to be this body of Christ, each one of us special, each one of us honored, each one of us respected, each one of us gifted, That's you, to be here. And that together, we will uplift and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ and how we will do that together. And so, you're probably wondering, why the table and what's in the bag? And so, I thought that it would be fitting to bring my favorite toy this morning I know Gareth is going to have some questions about Kevin, about his sermons, the depth of his theology with, uh, with bringing a toy. But that's okay. We've talked about it. We actually played with this together before the service. I like this toy because this toy is a picture of, in a sense, us. Now, you're going to need a little theological imagination. Stay with me on this, okay? It's not going to be perfect, but... Follow along with me. You know what I like about this? How many toys do I have in my hand? It's just one toy. It's just one toy. And yet when I look at this, I see the major parts kind of holding this together. And I see the blue. And for me, that just gives me this picture of of God the Father in royalty, sitting on his throne, all power, all authority that is his. He is directing the cosmos. He is directing the purposes and the plans for this earth. And that's our God. And then I see this, and of course this reminds us, the red of God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ who left his home in heaven to come to die on the cross, shedding his blood. And as we studied in these last weeks, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. And through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, he has restored us into a fellowship with Almighty God. He has reconciled us, redeemed us. Our sins have been forgiven. And then, of course, you have these little handles, and the handles are yellow. And that just reminds me of God the Spirit that flows through the whole middle of all that this is. And then inside would be people like you and me. 
And so if I just open this up, I see that there are all these different pieces, all these different shapes. And notice that the Holy Spirit is yellow and we are. You get that? Holy Spirit in us? Okay. Very good. They're all different, aren't they? Look around the room. Do you see any differences around the room? God has created us in incredible diversity. But when I look at this and I think about the body of Christ and I look at these individual shapes, this toy has been designed in a very special way. Each of these shapes actually has a number inside. This one has the number three. And then on this other side, it has these little bumps. So if there was a a child maybe who was blind, they could actually feel the shape and they could feel the number. This is designed. It's not an accident. And then when I look at this number three, I realize that this shape doesn't stand alone. It is actually in sequence with all the other shapes. And if somehow this was away, all of a sudden, it's not complete. Something is missing. And then when I look at this and I see, again, the design of this, and I look at this as being roles that God has prepared for his people to serve in them. And as God has prepared these roles, he gives gifts to an individual who will go and do that role and do that ministry. And do you see how smoothly that fits? It's perfect because God designed it and created it that way for us as the body of Christ. Now, oftentimes, what we try to do is we will take this and say, oh, here's a role over here. Let's put this person over here. Guess what? It doesn't fit. Have you ever experienced that? Now, I have played with this a lot, and I can make some of these pieces fit in some of the holes they're not supposed to, if I really push hard. But you know what that does? It damages the piece. And it hurts the roll. Do you see how this fits into who we are and how we see one another? See, one of the roles that we have in a church like this is we have pastors. The gift of leadership, the gift of preaching, and it's a prominent gift. But you know what that means? It means that I'm up here all the time. Gareth is going to be up here all the time. You see us all the time. And sometimes we get confused with that. And sometimes what we do is we will elevate one gift 
over another gift. Rather than seeing all of these have been created by Almighty God, all of them valuable to be used, where we get into problems is we start comparing who's a square and who's a star. Does it make sense? So as we go into our passage this morning, I want to start with a quote from F.F. Bruce. And he said this, Diversity, not uniformity, is the mark of God's handiwork. It is so in nature, it is so in grace too, and nowhere more so than in the Christian community. And I find it just so special that God, when he talks about us as his body, he does it through the entire Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, when he describes who we are as a body. We see this in Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 4 through 6. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. the yellow, our God, working in through each of us. He is in us. We are in him. And then as we move to 1 Corinthians and chapter 12, which is the main section of Scripture that really talks about the body. As Paul, relating to this church, again, he goes to the Trinity, He says in verse 4, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Almighty God has designed you and empowered you to be his servant. So here we have the three members of the Godhead all together. And it says that there is a variety of gifts. And that word variety, it means actually to cut. So it actually means you're dividing something up and then you're distributing it. So it's not just that things are different, but there is a cause behind it. And so we have these varieties of gifts that God has designed and God is distributing. And these spiritual gifts, as one commentator defined it, spiritual gifts are special capacities bestowed on believers 
to equip them to minister supernaturally to others, especially to each other. So here we have this picture of these variety of gifts linked with the Holy Spirit. And then we have varieties, the same word, of services. And this word service actually is the word we get deacon from. It means to to minister to different people or to take uh, humble acts of service. And we see that linked with the Lord Jesus Christ and how he himself said he didn't come for people to serve him. He came here to serve other people. And then we see God the Father who is the one who empowers them all in everyone. And that word empowers is where we get our English word energy. It is God who is energizing us to have his gifts, to be able to do his service. Imagine that. All three members of the Godhead so intricately interested in you, in love with you, bestowing gifts on you, drawing you into partnership with them for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he goes on in the next verse, and he says this in verse 8, for to one or uh, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So here is this uh, Spirit just flowing through us, but what's it for? It's for the common good. In other words, whatever gift that God gives to me, it's not for me. It's for you. And every gift that God gives to you, it's not for you. It's for those people sitting around you. You know what the result of that is? I need you. I need you. And you need me. And we need the people sitting around us. Because that's our DNA. God gave you a gift to bless the other people in this room. So he goes on, and he talks about this. And he says, For to one is given, through the Spirit, the utterance of wisdom. And then to another. And here, Paul is making a huge distinction. That one person gets this. And now he says there is a totally other person, another person, who is going to get the next gift. It's not going to be the same, necessarily. And as we go through this, we're not going to spend time this morning trying to figure out a definition or application of each gift, but just to understand the big picture of how God is giving them to us and why. So, to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. 
to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, and to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. You kind of get that repetition? Another, another, another. That's about nine times in that short little thing. We're designed to be different. But he wraps this up in in this next verse 11. He says, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. You have what you have because of a sovereign, almighty, powerful God. And that's a truth we need to take home deeply. The older that I get, the more I understand what gifts I do not have. And as I understand that, one, I stop trying to do it. (laughs) But number two, I am so thankful for the people that do. And I rejoice in that. And as I see them lifted up and I see the Spirit working through them, whatever that gift is, with teaching with kids or or worship or prayer or whatever that is, my heart is just rejoicing. And you know what? I, I, I feel like I'm part of them. I feel like we're on the same team. And when they score 1,000 points, I rejoice with them. That's kind of a paraphrase. There's no points here. But... Okay, so verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. The result of the Lord Jesus Christ setting us free from sin by his death on a cross has brought us into this oneness. And I'm so challenged by the example that Paul gives here because he says, look, the body has parts to it. He's talking a natural body. Like I have a hand and I have an elbow and I have ears and and all this, but it's one Kevin, isn't it? And then he goes, so it is with Christ. Do you see us? Each one of us is an integral part of Christ. Another truth that we just need to to let that sink in on how we view this group this meeting. Where I grew up back in North America, how people viewed the church was very different. There would be people who would say, oh, today is Sunday. It's time to go to church. And that's what they did. And church was something considered other than. 
something you just went to. Or maybe a step up from that is that people who would consider going to a church and they saw it in terms of a membership. They saw it in terms of a country club where they would go and there's a little bit more of accountability and uh, being a part of what is happening. But that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about when we go to church. Church is the body of Christ. It means I have entered into a family and that my part is joined with your part. In terms of community, in terms of commitment, it is a whole different world than just thinking about a social club. And when it talks about a commitment, what does that look like? Well, according to this, I'm in Christ. I am all in. Teresa and I, we've come here. We know we're only going to be here for for these months as an interim. We are all in. When I get up in the morning, I think about you guys. I pray for you guys. We think about the ministries that are going in. It's all in. And there will be a time where God will take us to be the next role, whatever that is that he has for us. But while we are here, we are all in. This is community. This is our family. You are the people that we hang out with. Our money goes to this fellowship. It's not about social clubs. It is about all of a sudden entering into something organic, the Lord Jesus Christ, and all that that means for us. He goes on in verse 14. And here he's going to address a problem. And there's actually two problems that have come up where the church in Corinth is missing the point of all that's going on. And so the first one is this. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Now get this. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. Do you see what's happening? There are people that God loves deeply who he has put his Holy Spirit in, but they're looking over at people that are over here, and they have all these kind of gifts, and maybe they're up front in the church and all of this, and they just say, I'm not this. I'm not good enough. I'm really not part of the body. And there was this sense of inferiority. And Paul is just hitting it straight on and saying, this is not right. Because we've just learned how it is God who has given each one of us what we have. How can we go back to God and say, you got it wrong? Or how can we go back and, and say that it's not the right thing?
Maybe this morning you're here and you're saying, wow, that's really great. There's all these gifts, but I'm not sure that's me. You would fall in this category. This is where you need to take it and say, no, 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 no. no. I am a child of the king. I'm a child of the king. I am fully loved by Almighty God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit has filled me and given me gifts, and he's going to use me to his glory, whatever that is. That is his plan for you. That is what he is doing. Don't compare to other people. Look at what God has given you and rejoice in that. So then he goes on, and he says, here's the second problem. This is in uh, verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Let's go on to verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Wow. Wow. We've missed it all. The people who would say that have missed it all. They are actually coming against the Creator God. When they start to compare and say, you know, I'm a star. You're a square. You are not a star like me. I don't need you. I remember being at a, I think it was Lausanne back in South Africa in, in one of these meetings. And there was a pastor from a mega church who stood up and said to basically all of the missionaries that were in the room, we are a church. Everything should come through a church. We do not need mission organizations. And I was just in shock. You know, from the very beginning, the church, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, it's always singular. There's only one. And from the very beginning, there was this huge church that grew in Jerusalem, and there were missionary bands that have gone out with the Apostle Paul leading them. There has always been this sense of missions and always been the local church. And the goal is always to be to bring people into a local church and equip them and raise them up to follow Jesus Christ. but to turn and say, we don't need you. We can't do that in the global Christian community family and definitely not within our own family of who we are. Here's the, the, those two things that, that Paul has brought up. And he goes on, and he says, verse 22, on the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Indispensable. We can't get on without it. We can't get on without it. It's special. You know, so many times the little things actually are really, uh, 
really special. You know, I don't know how long it takes you to drive. It takes us about 35 minutes to drive here. And when I get here, you know what? I'm thirsty. Could use another coffee. And I know every time I come, somebody here, and I don't know who, but somebody has set up that table. And there is hot water and coffee and biscuits and water ready for me. And I am blessed and I'm refreshed. And it helps me every Friday. God bless you, whoever you are that does that. But see, it, it's a little thing. It's behind the scenes. But it's so important. Indispensable. Verse 23, And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And on our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. And so here we have another picture. For God has so composed the body. That means God has brought the pieces together. God has set the pieces in place, and God is using that to move forward to accomplish his purposes. That's us. So we, we just see this morning coming from so many different directions, this incredible sense of unity and diversity, that we can celebrate that diversity And it goes into how we are looking at one another and treating one another. Because if we look at one another this way, integral parts of the body of Christ, we rejoice together. We're not competing. We're not comparing. We're rejoicing. We're celebrating. And that's when we get to really caring for one another, uplifting one another, honoring one another. And if one member suffers, all suffer together. One member is honored. All rejoice together. This is the body of Christ. Intertwined. What's your role in that? Remember the story of a farmer up in northern England. He had a tragedy in his life. And so he actually went away from the church, went away from the community. People tried to contact him. Nothing really happened. And so finally the vicar went to meet with him, went to the farmhouse, and he just sat. And they didn't say a thing. They just sat in front of the fire watching the fire. And finally the vicar, he went over and he took the tongs and He went into the center of the fire and he pulled out a red, hot, burning coal. And he took that coal and he just moved it off to the side and he placed it there. And he went and he sat down. The next 20 minutes, no word is being said. And they're just watching this red, hot coal slowly become cold and hard and gray. 
And then the vicar got up again, and he took the tongs, and he took that cold, hard, gray coal, and he placed it back into the middle of the fire. And within seconds, it began to glow, and it was red hot again. Our fellowship is a hot fire. We need to be in the center of it. It's not a place to choose, I come, I don't come, if you want to be hot and on fire. And it also, it is a place where as we need one another and we grow, we are like an orchestra. And it's a beautiful picture, an orchestra where where the Lord Jesus Christ is leading us and each one of us come and we're sitting here and each one of us has a different instrument to play. And there will be some here who will be the first violinists and they will have more upfront, more honor, if I can put it that way. And there will be uh, people who are playing the horns and, and everything else that makes up an, uh, an orchestra. And we all know that if every person does their job on the orchestra, there is this incredible, beautiful music that ascends up. That's what we want to be. We want to be that beautiful music, each one of us doing our part, that will flow up to Almighty God and giving praise to Him. That's who we want to be as an orchestra. And as I said, some will be the first violinist and some will be the, you know, the old bald guy like me in the back with a triangle, you know, ding, ding, ding. But it's got to be there at the right time. And you know what? When we're all together on the same team, in the same family, on the same orchestra, that's okay. We encourage one another to greater works. God has given you gifts, brothers and sisters. Don't bury them. Use them. Use them in prayer ministry. Use them in children's ministry. Use them in the home groups. Use them in evangelism. Whatever that is that God has been given to you, use it. We need you to use it. Father God, we, we thank you for this passage about the body. We thank you that you have brought us all together into one. It's your idea. It's our DNA. And so, Father, today, as a family, as brothers and sisters, we just lift up our voice and say thank you. We love you. We worship you. We honor you. And we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.